When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Dino Tripodis. Tonight on Whiskey Business, we've had her on the podcast before with others, but never a chance to talk to her all by herself. A funny lady, a complicated lady. It's Nikki Winkleman on Whiskey Business. Welcome to Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. For years, before I got into radio, before I got into podcasting, I was a stand-up comedian. That's how I made my living, and I enjoyed those years a lot. A lot of great stories, a lot of great memories, and one of my favorite things about those years was the people that I met. Um, some I stayed in touch with, and some have drifted away. But that's there's a there's a special bond between funny people, um, and w- when you meet them, some have uh, some have an effect on you that sticks with you. And when you do see them after long periods of time, you actually get happy to see them. And tonight on Whiskey Business, Nikki Winkleman would be one of those people. Yes, she would be absolutely easy for you to say. Easy for me Ooh. to say, and I haven't even started drinking yet. I'm just excited to have you on the podcast. Oh, thank you, Dino. You're one of those people for me too. Yeah, I always made the joke a long time ago that uh, you know you're 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 like a daughter to me. Yeah, Cause, yeah, because you you remind me of my daughter as far as your energy, and uh, uh, and, and if I can say this w- without sounding you know creepish your beauty my daughter's a very beautiful girl thank you so, she is you know, i've seen pictures of her yeah right so you do you kind of remind me of my daughter in a lot of ways and my daughter has a great sense of humor i think my daughter could have done stand-up comedy if she wanted to do so she's she's got a great stand-up uh feel to herself she's got a, a quick wit and and as do you and um you've been on the podcast before with mm-hmm. others it was like early yeah. 20. You joined us with the girls yeah. uh, when we did the when we were uh, locked down for COVID. Yeah, remote, yeah. We, we did that. That was a great podcast. Uh, you've, we've we've worked with you on the premise. Yes, mm-hmm. I did the premise three times. I yes, think. Yeah. Yeah. That's yes, right. uh, yeah. which we would love to start doing and you, again. You, you kind of oh, like gosh, the uh, what would you say, the uh, booker? What would you call yourself over there at the? At I the, was uh, the event coordinator. Ooh, was my title, but yes, nice. I booked and Very hosted. Sounding. Yes. Yeah. It's it's shadow a, box. It's a nice resume is, title. It is. It's nice. And shadow box is <laughs> so up thank and running you for, again because yeah, you, you helped a lot booking that stuff yeah, for us. Thank great. you. And through all of this, at one point you said, and we'll talk about this in just a little bit. Uh, you got out. Yes. You stopped. I did. You put a break on all of it. I and did. We're gonna dig into that a little bit 
and a lot of other things tonight on Whiskey Business. But thank you so much for being here. I'm, I'm excited to have you on this show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be I'm here. I'm excited to have my faux daughter on the program. <laughs> right. And we, we brought it up earlier. Like every once in a while, he calls me the son he never wanted. Yeah. So this like somehow makes us like siblings of some makes sort. Yeah. I feel so honored yes. to be a part of this family. Yeah. And then and then there's all weird old Uncle John. <laughs> Definitely old. <laughs> weird. But he's a good YouTube producer. Like that segue. Awesome. Yeah. YouTube with whiskey. Um, uh, whiskey yeah, let's, business. Get, let's get to the business. I'll get to the guest bottle and then we'll get to Nikki. YouTube whiskey business with Dino Tripotis. Uh Smash that subscribe button and click on the bell. You'll get a notification every time a new whiskey business episode is up. Um, if you uh, are uh, listening on your favorite podcasting app, make sure you check that out on YouTube. If you're watching us, thank you very much. Make sure you check out all the, our other social feeds, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Disney Plus. No, not Disney uh, Plus. He, he always Disney throws Plus. one in. It's not, not true. Yeah. No, you're not on Disney No, Plus. no, no. We got, no. We got it's wishful off. thinking. I know. Uh, but all your favorite podcasting Do apps. So I think this has all on. the elements of being a, a show on Disney Plus. We just need mouse ears. Yeah. What's yeah. 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 Peter Jackson can do the Beatles. I think we can do whiskey. Right. 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 Um, Someday. <laughs> com is your website for everything else. You got it right. How about that? You did. Our guest bottle tonight is... I'm done. Mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> Nikki Winkleman is not a brown liquor drinker, but as she mentioned earlier in the text to me, when in Rome. Yeah. And you are, so you're going to sip a little bit of this. Well, I used to drink whiskey quite a bit, mm -hmm. but I'm just not much of a drinker anymore these days. That's okay. Yeah. That's okay. You're not obligated to drink. No, I do like the taste whiskey. of it. Do you like rye whiskey? I don't know. Okay, you're going to find out. <laughs> This is the Whistlepig Whistle Roadstock Rye Whiskey. This one's a, a kind of a new entry in the Whistlepig family, and it's kind of kind of a cool story. Roadstock Rye Whiskey. What they did is they filled up a semi trailer in Vermont with a bunch of barrels. And uh, for those of you who are familiar with Jefferson's Ocean, you know the the hook, the marketing thing on that was that they they put the barrels out to sea right. and supposedly you know seasoned them and 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 got all the the waves sloshing yes, around yes everything yeah. going around well yeah. they did this with the the whistle pig only they put it in a semi trailer and got on route 66 and traveled 6000 miles right. uh, eastbound and down eastbound and down loaded up and trucking yeah a rolling rick house if you will um, for this particular whiskey and uh, it's also finished it's got a cabernet finish in the rye and also a beer barrel finish yeah this is a weird well. taste in yeah. liquor this is uh 86 proof i think it's kind of i tried it earlier yeah. before you guys got here have you already took taken yeah. a sip uh, oh, it's not like a bitter raisin you is think what a I bitter? Right okay the there's a lot of baking spices in yeah. it for sure there's a lot of baking spices in it i think it's kind of sweet uh I, I picked up caramel and butterscotch in this, and this is only 86 proof. So, so we can have doubles. <laughs> no, so you could just, <laughs> you know, normally we, we end up getting something in the 100 proof area or, or higher these days for some reason. But, but, uh, yeah, a lot of raisin in the after. Uh, it, it's, it's, um, it's not yeah. bad, but it's unusual. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of things going on in there. Nikki a, doesn't like I it. I like it. I'm not coughing. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's good. No, it's got a, it's got a smooth finish. A lot of people don't like rye. They say it's a little too bitter for them. And 
and whatnot, but this has got a nice little blend. And I, I don't know if I can pick up on the beer barrel finish yeah. as much, but I can definitely pick up on the Cabernet. That's probably where that raisiny flavor is coming so. from for me. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe so. Uh, this retails, depending on where you get it, somewhere between $62 and $74 a bottle. Fancy. Uh, wherever you uh, purchase your liquor when it's available. But, um, yeah, uh, it's kind of fun. I like the story behind it, and uh, we'll definitely – Novel. Partake in yeah. this tonight. Did as we, we really put it on a truck? Yeah, yeah, it was really on a semi trailer. That's traveling for six thousand miles. The gas made some stops. And stuff. Made some stops. You know, to get you, they moved things around a little bit and and drop some off someplace else to age in the Cabernet and then move some other ones to age in the beer barrel and so forth hmm. and so on. But uh, but yeah, it was uh, it was finished on the road, as they say. That's in fact, crazy. they actually. You can't tell, but this the the <laughs> it's the, a tire. It's a tire. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, wow. okay. Yeah, it's a tire. I like it. Growing up in Indiana, you know, I'm an Indianapolis uh, 500 guy, so that kind of it's got the two uh, checkered flags on the front yeah. uh, uh, of the bottle there. It's very cool. It went from Chicago to L.A. Literally, I thought you said Vermont. Well, it started in Vermont, oh. but then they took it over to Chicago, and then mm. it got on Route 66. Mm. Why are you calling me out? I don't know. That's the only thing I remembered from what you said a minute ago. That's why. <laughs> Something about Vermont. Then they got on Route 66 and they went, just like the song says, Route it rhymes from Chicago to, to LA. LA. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. That song is at the end of the movie Cars. So I've heard it a number of times. My I'll son bet. loves the movie Cars. Well, I bet, man. There's so much going on in your life. You got yeah. you got a, a, a new baby, not even a baby, a toddler he's, now, yeah, right? Yeah, he's three. He's wow. three. He's Talking? Three. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He talks nonstop. What's your son's name? Flynn. Flynn. Fig is what I just outed him to the world. We call him Fig on the internet to keep him anonymous. That's Those are his initials. Okay. Uh-oh. Oh, so, all right. Yeah. Fig is his internet personality. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, I, I don't know how you are with your kids, but I try to keep my kids pretty private with as many I, people as yeah. I interact with, you know, in comedy and stuff. I just try to be private about my I don't think life. that's crazy yeah. or such a bad idea these days especially right. i don't post a ton of pictures of him or stories about him when i do i always call him fig so that's yeah. the nickname we called him when he was in womb and uh-huh. when he was little but he does not like being called that he likes being called by his, his real name his real first yeah name. of course yeah. but fig is gonna stick right yeah, yeah i mean i yeah. still call him that. yeah 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 you got no say in what your parents call you just you just go yeah. with the name you go with it yeah right yeah yeah, yeah that's how to, you were what? I was Jay growing up. Yeah, Jay. You grew up with ass all yes, your life, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> that's how I, I respond to ass. <laughs> my mom always called me Coley. Shithead. Because my Coley. real name's Nicole, Coley. so she called me Coley. 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 Yeah, that's what she always calls me. That's. Hmm. I know. Yeah. It sounds too much like colon. Yeah, really. And, uh, Coley well, blow. Funny enough, my middle initial is N, so my name is Nicolin, which is, which is why I go by Nikki. Nice. Uh, <laughs> so, um, let, let me. I, I, I'm going to be bouncing all over the place here because I got so many questions to ask you. But um, as a performer and a stand-up comedian, right? Is that yeah. what you wanted to be when you grew up? What did you want to be when you were a little kid? Oh, I wanted to be everything, but I wanted to be famous. You wanted to be, you knew you wanted to I be famous. I knew I wanted to be famous. I wanted to be, I, I would practice my Oscar acceptance speech. Nice. I did too. Yeah, all the time. What'd I just knew I was going to be there one what'd day. What'd you use for your Oscar? Any, or- anything. I don't know. You know, 
gosh, I don't remember. Did the you Barbie use, dolls did you or have whatever. A, did you have yeah. a, I remember using a, 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 a brush as a microphone. I, yeah, right. I would use a brush as a microphone. I think the award was usually a Barbie doll. A Barbie doll? Yeah. Hmm. It's about the same size. Yeah. Can you yeah. remember the speech? No. No? It was always different. It depended on what I was winning for. Oh, you were winning often? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You were Meryl Streep in it? <laughs> well, I did think that I was going to be a dramatic actress because I did theater when I was in middle school okay. and high school, and I wanted to you know, be a, a drama actress. And it wasn't until I studied acting in college and we had a quarter on, on comedy acting that I realized this is what I'm good at. Um, and I got cast in the lead and the the comedy and um, in my college it was. Uh, Where'd you go to school? UCSB, University of California, Santa Barbara. Okay, so you were out. Yeah. Out there. Yeah. Hollywood, right, kind of next door. Yeah. So to speak. They have a BFA program in acting, so that's where I wanted to go. So, so you see now, yeah. I, how many years have I known you now? Oh, seven, ten, seven ten, to ten know, years. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I never knew you had uh, acting chops. Yeah, I yeah, it was what I did growing up. I was in theater throughout all of high school and auditioned to get in this program. They that program is crazy because something like 100 200 people audition every year. They take 30 to 40, and then they wow. they make cuts. Wow! So Ooh. like after your first quarter and second quarter, I think even the third, they they'll cut the class down to only the people they think can can make it so and you made it i never feared getting cut i was just like knew i was good at it don't you think that's part of it though <laughs> i think so don't yeah. you think that's part of it yeah. if you think yeah. if you have no fear and 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 don't obsess over it then then you yeah. become almost immune to it yeah on some level it was like when we did shakespeare and stuff and i wasn't doing well at that i thought you know maybe i don't don't have this and then I think it was like the next quarter we had our comedy acting class. And I was like, oh, I, I got this. And then I had a teacher. We did a solo performance writing class. And the teacher said, you should write your pieces stand up. And I tried it out at an open stage night. So my first time doing comedy wasn't at a comedy night. It was an open stage night. So I was the only comedian. So I crushed. <laughs> I did 10 minutes on my first time doing. And I, I did great because everybody was tired of, you know, whoever with their guitar and somebody, reading, yeah, yeah, somebody right. reading poetry. And they're like, oh, finally, we get to laugh at something. So even though it wasn't good. Why do you say it wasn't good? I mean, it probably wasn't good. Like looking back on it now and how I write material now and the stuff that I I I don't remember most of it. So but. do you do you do remember that first night though that you actually oh, did yeah. stand up comedy? Because yeah. I remember my first open mic night. And, yeah. And I remember sitting in the audience months before going, I could do this. I could, yeah. I could do this. And it was it was terrible. It was <laughs> horrible. I I thought I had seven minutes of material or five minutes and I was done like in two because there was no laughs. <laughs> yeah. And, and while I was practicing it, I You're was pausing practicing. I was pausing. Okay. And this would be where the laughter is. This is the laugh at this. Wait for it. Wait for it. And then when I went up on stage and there, and there was no laughter, I was like, okay, I'm done. Yeah. Is there a lot of this stuff? <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the what? saddest things in the world. We're like, and, that, and, you do, and, and, and that's why my name is Tripotis. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
Where's the laughter at? Where's the laugh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was that was my first experience doing comedy at a comedy night. Yeah. And I went in there really, you know, arrogant because I was like, oh, I've done I've done 10 minutes already. I'll be fine. Yeah, right. doing five. Oh, it was terrible. It's worst. Yeah. And I went back two weeks later because yeah. I recorded it. Did okay. you record your first? Did you ever record yourself? Yeah, I recorded not the first time, but yeah, yeah um, I, you know, phones didn't do that. So, mm, you know. No, I've actually yeah. had a, yeah, a, I had a little micro cassette recorder. Mm-hmm. I think I still have mine. Yeah. 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 And, and I said, you know, I'm going back. You know, yeah. I, it did not discourage me. That's because, good. Oh, uh, you know what? I, I know why it didn't discourage me be, because I got that one. Big laugh at the end yeah. or somewhere at the end yeah. at yeah. the end and I went oh that feels good what the hell? yeah <laughs> oh oh baby let that warm la- heroin laughter get into my veins and then I listened to everything and I heard that last laugh I heard everything else that sucked and that last one I was like I'm going back right so yeah. you got one joke you got one yeah. joke Let's something go. to build on yes yeah, yeah something yeah, to build yeah, yeah, on yeah. I just got to make the other two and a half minutes funny <laughs> yeah and I went back and I won the the next time wow yeah. Yeah, and then you know, then the rest is uh, really sad, sad history. Um, so um, here we are. Here we are. Here we are right now, <laughs> talking about our first time on stage. Did you feel comfortable? Did, did you when you said you said like when you took that class? You know, I said, "Oh, this is it." I mean, did you yeah. feel like you found well, your muse I, because you sound like you were a really good dramatic actor? I thought I was. I mean, and I might still be. I don't know. But they, they say comedians mm. are some of the best dramatic yeah. actors. Uh, and it's harder to do comedy acting. It is. Um, and it, and I realized that in the class because there were several dramatic actors that were really strong in our class. And then when we got to that, the, to doing comedy, I was like, oh, the, not everybody can do this. Right. They suck. So it made me feel really powerful because I was like, I can do this. Mm. And um yeah, I mean, I watched old SNL growing up. You know, I sure. watched um, John Belushi, and you know, my dad had VHS tapes of. of did, did, did you do sketch season. comedy as well? I did not until after. Well, I the first time I did sketch comedy was in in college, and then I joined a, a sketch group back here in Columbus. Sketch by number is what we were sketch called. Sketch by number. Yeah, mm-hmm. mm, that's good. And they uh, they would write all of the sketch uh, titles on the back of a number and stick all the numbers on the wall, and people would shout out a number, and we would do the show in the order that people called out the numbers. So were they pre-written sketches, or yeah, was it, pre-written was, sketches, was, was but we didn't know the order no of the show. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, there was no improv involved. Did you ever do no, improv? No, I did do improv a little bit with with hashtag. I yeah. did a few guests, uh, and I did improv in college as well. What were we called? I can't remember. Some, it's always something. That's funny. Pun. It's like band name. Improbability guys, yeah. or something. <laughs> and everybody, when you come across it, when you actually get the name, yes, that's it. That's yeah. it. That's You're it. Genius. Improbabilities. Yeah. yeah, I, I think the one that I was, because I, I do think like we had intended to do sketch comedy as well. It was called Sketch and Sniff. Wow. <laughs> that's what it was called. That's sketch what it was called. Sniff. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, um, that didn't last long. Do you like improv? I do. I like having a script better. You do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
What was the last dramatic thing that you did? That uh, and would you go back to it Ooh, if you had the opportunity? Last dramatic thing I did. I don't know. Could you, could you be a dramatic actor once again? Could you call upon that? I've thought about auditioning for a play. For a play, yeah. yeah. I auditioned for Available Light Theater when I first moved back here from California, and I I got called back for something, but I I started you know going to the Funny Bone instead. So uh-huh. yeah. What is it about stand up that you love? Um, you know, my therapist was asking me this. <laughs> and he, <laughs> I always thought I'd be a great therapist. This is like therapy. Whiskey business is much therapist. like therapy. Yeah. Because he was trying to glamorize it. He's like, you like making people laugh. You like making people feel good. No, that's not what I'm saying at all. <laughs> no. no, I don't think that's it. I want to know, you know, that's okay, that's, the, that's the therapy yeah. route. This so, is the whiskey business route. We'll get to the nitty gritty yeah. of it. <laughs> Why know. do you love stand-up comedy, Nikki Winkleman? <laughs> um, I do like making people laugh. I've always tried to make people laugh, even as a kid. I was always, you know, the ham of mm-hmm. the family. My dad would call me a ham. Uh-huh. And whenever there was a party or people were over, I was on. Hmm. Was that for the attention or was it, did you actually get pleasure I think out of I, entertaining people? Uh, yeah, I think it was a little bit of both. I think I liked the attention. I liked, I did enjoy making people laugh. Like you said, that, that heroin rush of right. of feeling that laughter there's something about it there's some power there yeah there's some control yeah. there when you can make people laugh you have a little bit of power and control over them yes as a child for sure now you yeah. have their attention right and you know and and they're they're hitting each other your daughter is so cute and you know mm-hmm. and, the, and the parents get the she's so funny she's mm-hmm. just like you yeah, yeah right <laughs> was, yeah, your, was get- your mom a funny person my mom is funny. She wouldn't think that she's as funny as she is. So I did one of these shows where uh, a local comedian, Nick Glasser, put on two shows where comedians' dads did a show with them for Father's Day. Oh, wow. And then comedians' uh. moms. And so both my mom and my dad did it. And my dad was like, oh, I'm going to be great. And he thought he was going to be so funny. And he completely ran the light. Like, he wasn't terrible, but, like, he just did okay. My mom was so scared. Um, she was like, I'm, I'm going to be awful. She said she went up there. She couldn't see anything. The lights were, she crushed. She <laughs> yeah. She did like three and a half minutes, but she was great the whole time. She got upstairs. She was, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> she was awesome. So yeah. if there is a funny gene, genetically speaking in comedy, I would say mine comes from my mother. She has a very yeah. wry, sarcastic sense of humor Mm -hmm. while my father was a humorous guy he had a sense of humor i think most of it comes from my mom so does your sense of humor come more from your mother or your father um that's tough to say uh i think it's i it's probably a little bit of both a little bit both that's fair there was something my dad said recently that that kind of made me go that's where I get it from. <laughs> so uh, I know we were planning on talking about this later, but uh, my dad had a stroke in uh, December of 2020, just to cap off the year. Yeah, right. Um, it- oh, so sorry to hear that. And because we talked about that in text, and I'm like, wow, I, I did not yeah. know that. So I'm really sorry. Uh, yeah, it, it, uh, thank you. Um, he uh, He's still alive. He is in a wheelchair. Um, he lost function of the right side of his body. Um, so he can't use his right hand or his right leg. And he was actually already partially can- handicapped in the left leg. Mm. So he's wheelchair bound. Um, and his speech was dramatically altered as well. Um, and uh, I couldn't see him 
because of COVID. Mm -hmm. So that was the hardest part was trying to navigate all of this without him really being able to use the phone. And I couldn't go down there Mm -hmm. and all of that. And then we found a way to get an iPad in there so that he could FaceTime with us. And it was New Year's Eve and I FaceTime with him and he had some beads on. And I... (laughs) And I said, oh, look at you with your Mardi Gras beads for New Year's Eve. I said, uh, what'd you have to do to get those? And he said, have stroke. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought, "Uh, that's where I get it from. That is where I get it from. Oh, man. Uh, And he was so deadpan about it. It was like such perfect delivery. uh, Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. I didn't deliver it as well just now. It was was really perfect. I I couldn't stop laughing and he laughed too so yeah Um, Yeah. he's still there mentally completely he's he's the same uh, (laughs) mentally how is that hard for you to see that i mean when yeah you know uh, my mother in the last couple years she you know broke a hip or or a hip joint watching watching her go through that was just hard enough yeah i can't but she's mentally intact like nobody's business so I, i i'm asking because i i how is that to to watch as a daughter it's tough i've tried to stay focused on the positive things you know when when neighbors his neighbors how's he doing i'd always focus on he's he's the same spirit he's you know and he was working really hard in rehab to try and stand and um try and get movement again in his hand and he really worked hard on his speech um so I always focused on the positive things, but yeah, it's hard. He he was a home remodeler too. Oh boy! So and he was a very ta- yeah, a very talented carpenter. So how old is he? He's seventy. Okay. Yeah, but he um, <laughs> the whole situation was so wild <laughs> because his mom uh, is ninety now ninety four years old. She's ninety three at the time, and. Uh, two years earlier than that, he decided she can't live on her own and moved her in with him. So I got a call at two o'clock in the morning from him saying, I think I'm having a stroke. I need you to come over and take care of my mom. So I went over there right away. You know, he was already gone in the ambulance. The, The night before his stroke, he tore out his entire kitchen. Oh, jeez. <laughs> you can't help but laugh at like there's you, like the whole thing was like so now I'm uh. in in a home with a 93-year-old <laughs> with no kitchen. <laughs> it was it was so unreal and stressful because then I'm trying to like get his crew to come in and finish the kitchen and I'm trying to FaceTime with him to figure out what it was that he wanted because oh he still wanted to finish it the way that he wanted. And, right, right, right. Uh, it was... So are yeah. your parents together divorced? No, they're divorced. They're divorced. Yeah. Okay. They're on good terms though. My mom's right. actually been really helpful with good. my dad since... Good. Yeah, And she's been really helpful with his mom um, because she's like a daughter to my... And how's her health? The... She's great. And as soon as it happened, she was like, I got to start exercising and eating right. Mm. So then, you know, which was so sweet. She was like, I got to stay in the best health possible for you. So. That, that's got to be a, an interesting family dynamic yeah. to be the daughter and have to tend to the father, but to still have the mother around yeah. and alive to take care of the son. Yeah. 
So yeah, that's been the hardest part because he was taking care of her and she can't take care of herself. And I had to remind her every day why he wasn't there because she would wake up and reset. So, and she's now living in a, a nursing facility, which is was a really tough decision to make. I but I knew I couldn't continue to take care of her because I got a three-year-old, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it, that was really live? tough. She in town? Yeah, she's, uh, she's in Friendship Village. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, yeah, my wife's uh, grandma's there. That's yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. That's nice. Well, at least Real the nice. facilities are nice, and you know she's in the they safe got a place and everything. Wow. Yeah, good. We got her a, a room with a window now, so nice. yeah, she's happy. So when I she had seen you in the for, longest for amount of time, <laughs> I complimented you immediately because you looked amazing. You lost a bunch of weight. You I got did. After the baby and everything else. Yeah. And then you. T- <laughs> this is how you lost the it weight. It is. Because if you think about everything I just told you long enough, you will also forget to eat. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. That is uh, that is what happened. But you feel great. I, I look great. You no, look great. I feel terrible. I'm fucking banging. You feel terrible? I do. That I've been really, I've been struggling with my health because of the weight loss. And I went to the doctor several times and she just finally told me, she's like, you just need to eat. So you're not eating? Properly, I, I wasn't or? eating enough, yeah, because yeah. I was stressed, and I'm a person who stress starves instead of some people when they're stressed they eat a lot, and I do the opposite. I get my, you know, my stomach knots up, and so I don't eat. Could I just get a little bit of that? Right, you know, that's right. like because you know, I, like, I stress like somewhere in the middle. I stress eat. Yeah. I go the other way. Right. You know, I get stressed out. I want to just it's eat like everything. It's like stomach flu. Just, just go give me a just touch of just it. Just a little bit, yeah. just so I can just uh, lose a few pounds. Well, but that's what I, I've, because I've been thinking a lot about it, because after my son was born, I was 190 pounds, which was the heaviest I'd ever been. And it took me a long time to um, feel comfortable in a heavier body and to feel like, I was still beautiful, even though I, I wasn't, quote unquote, that heavy, right? You know, I got down to 175 and I, I'm i tall, so, and I, I carry it well, you know. That's always, that's, <laughs> that's like, what people yeah. say, there's, right? There's two, there's two compliments. <laughs> you look good for your age mm-hmm. uh-huh. and uh, you put on something, but you carry it well. But I really tried to dive into the body positivity. And so I started like following a lot of body positive uh, models and um, influencers and stuff like it, people who talk about it and advocate for it. And there's so much misinformation about weight and health. And I didn't quite realize it until I had lost all the weight and felt worse than I did when I was fat. Really? Mm-hmm. Because I would go to the doctor if I f- was, when I was fat and I went to the doctor, I would say, I'm having these issues. They'd be like, well, you need to lose weight. But when I was horribly thin and I went to the doctor, they were like, well, let's run a bunch of labs. Let's send right, you to a right, specialist. Right, right, let's right, do right. all of these things for you. They don't immediately jump to, well, you need to gain weight. So there's... Yeah, and it like it really it's, made me start thinking about things differently and about like how we value ourselves and how we value each other and what like what that means. And I I went I got so into it and I was like I got into like the the fashion and everything with with my body size when I was heavier that then when I lost the weight and people were like you look so great and and there's nothing wrong with those compliments but I was like well I looked good before you know (laughs) do you think if you're a man that that and you lost all that weight that they would have said you know we're gonna do all these tests or would they have said I don't know eat some pizza 
I really don't you know. know. I mean? like, yeah. yeah. It'll be different. Bulk up. Yeah. Yeah. But it's so often that people with legitimate health issues who are heavier that go to a doctor, the, the, their immediate response is, well, you need to lose weight. And I think there's just a lot of misinformation about weight and health and how those two things relate because I absolutely felt better when I was 175 than I do right now. Okay. And I don't say right now, right now. I've gained about 10 pounds back since you last saw me, which is good um, because I... I was just like dehydrated and like the mm-hmm. the tests that came back, they were like, she's like, you just, you need more glucose in your blood. Like you're not, right. <laughs> you don't have enough, you know. No, they say if you, want, you. if you want to, you need to stay hydrated. Yeah. I don't. I what don't. color was your pee? <laughs> Well, <laughs> was it light or was it or was it dark and amber? Do you want me to give you a, do you want me to give yes, you a real yeah, answer? We want, we want your analysis because we know uh, that if it was light and clear that you're, you're hydrated. You're not you're not you're not going to expect the answer. Okay, never mind. Don't um, answer it. No, my urine is like high uh, highlighter bright yellow whoa because i take riboflavin which oh, okay. is b b2 and it makes your pee like fluorescent yellow wow so you don't have to turn the lights on when you the first time i saw it i was like what is wrong with me and called the doctor back and they're like oh that's normal if you're on b2 <laughs> no, see you would say what was wrong with me and i would say i'm a superhero I know, right? like, <laughs> fight crime with my pee <laughs> here drink this <laughs> yeah it was uh it was a sh- it was a shock the first time i saw but yeah so um Uh, i'm gonna try to connect the dots here because i'm 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 listening and hearing certain things like you know as far as the stress eating Mm -hmm. you went the other way and you didn't eat so there's stress involved and then you're doing stand up and you're doing your thing and then you take a break yeah um why why did you take a break and and when you talk about the stress eating I'm gonna attempt to go down a path to ask if there is some emotional things connected to that. To the break? To the break and to the whole, you know, like I said, I'm gonna try to connect the dots a little bit. Because, and I don't mean to generically place comedians in this particular category. Right, But we all seem to have our fair share of emotional issues. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it's a it's something that draws that type of person because um it's people whose lives are great and they get up and try to be funny about it it's like you're not gonna do that well right (laughs) you find humor in the dark things in order to survive there is humor in the pain yeah if you decide to mind yeah Yeah. i always said about music too it's like yeah yeah you know the, the uh, angst, the people who always like had, right. had the trouble life had the best. Imagine songs. if Kelly Clarkson's father hadn't left. You know what I mean? Since you've right. been mm-hmm. around. Right. Like, Since oh, you've been around. Yeah, yeah. Sounds good. You know, no, it does yeah. sound yeah. the same. Since you've been around. <laughs> Since you're still here. Everything's great. <laughs> be- because of you, yeah. I feel loved. Right. Yeah. 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 The end. Right. Yeah. I mean, no, but there's some, tr- some truth to that because yeah. you speak a lot of truth in your stand up. Yeah. I, I think you're probably. Probably, honestly, one of the most truthful people on stage that I've that I've seen. I went, and, you know, and saw the the one woman thing. Yeah, which was great. Yeah, yeah, and there was a lot of truth in that. Yeah, I saw a whole other side of you, and while I was entertained, I was also impressed. Thank you. And, no, yeah. seriously, I was I was entertained and impressed, and I'm like, I thought to myself, 
God damn it. That's, that's some pretty brave shit. I mean, because you put some real, honest, powerful, revealing things out there. Yeah. And that, that, that takes some... I know you don't have them, but balls. Yeah. Yeah. You don't, do you? No. Okay. No. Yeah, maybe she would have brought that up. That's why your piece yeah. so yellow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> call back, ladies and gentlemen. We have right. a call back on whiskey business. Yeah. I wasn't expecting to talk about the color of my ear tonight. Here we are. But uh, yeah, yeah. So I don't know what you're gonna walk into. So yeah, let's yeah. let's 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 connect those dots. Um. Yeah. I well, I started writing the show early in I mean I had I had been rolling around the concept of it for a while because when I was working at uh, Shadowbox in the upfront stage we had a lot of people do one person shows and I thought oh I want to do that you know but I thought well what am I going to do because a lot of the one person shows are people talking to the audience and I'm like why well, do that in stand up I don't right. want it to just be a stand up show I want to have dialogue but have it still just be a one person show so instead of doing a one-man show, I did a one-mannequin show. And so it was me <laughs> it was a and a mannequin. <laughs> it was genius. It was yeah. great. I remember, that's all I remember yeah. you talking about yeah. was the yeah. mannequin. And the mannequin played the main character, and I played all the other characters so that I could change characters throughout. And so first I was interviewing the mannequin, and then I was the mannequin's roommate, and then their coworker, and then their therapist. And How did uh, you get to talk? I didn't. The show was called Bad Listener. And the whole thing is about dialogue that you have with people that ends up being monologue. Right. Yeah. So every time I would give, start to give space for, or ask a question, I would interrupt or something else would happen or a phone would ring or whatever so that she never got an opportunity to talk. And so that kind of play, gave me the through line of, of what, I wanted to the story I wanted to tell, and it's and it, and, it, and, it, and it sustained. It sustained through the whole Thank thing. You. It, did, yeah. it, it didn't get old, or you know, or or you know, okay, it, it worked. Thank Be, you. Yeah, you know, it did. I wasn't sure if it would, and I was I was very happy to have a show at the end of putting it all together. It was sure. really yeah. Do you have it on? Is it on on the on the internet? I don't. I have video of it, but um, it's from several different angles, and so I'll have to. I'd have to edit. I'm not. I'm no editor. I know a guy. I know a guy named John yeah. Whitney. <laughs> Are you yeah. Do it again, maybe. I would love to do it again. I I did it twice, and I feel like um, it was it was really strong the first time, and then the second show wasn't quite as strong, and I just I, I feel like it could you know every everything sure. you do you're like ah oh, I want to well, edit it and change a few things or yeah, whatever that's but, kind yeah. of the beautiful thing about yeah. stage and theater is that you know you can you know it's uh, yeah. when we shoot films you know we we shoot and we reshoot and then we edit and but you can actually change it in the moment each yeah. time on there so if you were able to do that consistently for X amount of nights or weeks who's to say where it could go and grow to I mean yeah. it's amazing but then you stopped well I think that was part of it was that I it kind of it all kind of happened together because I started working on the show I got an artist grant from GCAC to do the show which was wonderful I couldn't have done it without them um so Greatest I was Columbus Art Council yes that's Thank right yes um <clears throat> shout out yeah shout out there you go <laughs> Um, Greater, greatest. Never thought I would buy a mannequin with grant money, but I did. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> uh, and uh, and then there and so I, yes, I would love to do the show again, but it is emotionally exhausting because it is a lot about me, about my struggles, about therapy, um, and 
at the same time, there were a lot of other things happening as um, in the business side of comedy for me as a booker in the room that were becoming increasingly difficult for me to navigate. Um, the Me Too movement has been wonderful for women, but it has also been emotionally exhausting. And trying to figure out where you draw lines with um, performers who are problematic and how do you create safe spaces and how do you know who to book and who not to book and who to put together and when situations happen, how to handle that. And uh, I just didn't want to. I mean, I know that sounds awful, but I I worked really hard to try and make the stage a safe space and avoid, you know, avoid conflict, avoid booking people that were known to be problematic. But then that that also becomes an issue because it's like then then you get marked as either one way or the other. Right, right, you know right, what I mean? Right, right. Either you're a person who is, uh, a, you're you're canceling people, or you're part of the problem by allowing mm. people to have a, a space. Everything's black and white these days. It is, yeah. and it doesn't. Yeah. It shouldn't be. And um, I remember having a long conversation with another local comedian in town, Travis Haywisher, about that. And he said something that really stuck with me: is that part of the the problem with this black and white is that there's no room for growth it's like we don't give any room for growth it's like if somebody messes up it's like they're canceled they're done done and no no matter what apology they give it's never enough you know and so that's that's really hard because it's like where it stagnates where do yeah. we allow for growth yeah 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 don't people learn that's the problem that's yeah the- What's and that and then it brings the question of what's unforgivable, you know, sometimes it's easy. You're like, okay, yeah, R. Kelly, lock him up. Don't let him around people anymore. Like, that's easy, (laughs) right? No brainer. But sometimes with other (laughs) issues, it's like you don't know where to draw that line, you know. And when they go back. 10 and they 15. They go digging. They go right, digging right, right, right. to yes. find something right. out that you said that yeah. at the time, yeah. nobody thought was offensive. They, given the yeah. moment and where we were. I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that makes it right, but it, right. Was, it was where we were. The one that really upset me recently was Billie Eilish, who is 18, 19. She's yeah. a t- t- still a teenager. Still a right? And they dug something up from when she was 12 or 13, lip syncing to a song where she lip syncs a slur. And I'm like, if you're going to make a child publicly apologize for something they did when they were 12, 12. what like what there, are we yeah. doing? Right. That's when I was like, this, this is not it's what... And this is not what the movement was supposed to be about, you know. But isn't that the way it always is with right. movements? Yeah. I mean, you know, at, at their core, at the beginning, yeah. wow, yes, this is what, this is good. Yeah. And then it frays. Right. And then it gets. It, well, and I, you know, I said that. It's like it does, the pendulum has to swing. Right. In order for things to come back to the middle. You know, things have to get really extreme to where it's like, okay, now we're booking only women, you know? And it's like, well, that's not ultimately what we want. No, that's not but what like the ping, pendulum has to has to swing and then it'll well, find it. It's an interesting perspective because you are a woman coming from your pers- perspective too. It's just interesting to hear. Yeah. I mean, it's been tough. And I think there were a, were a lot of other women in the comedy scene who felt uh, 
more on the woke side than me. Like maybe I'm not woke enough, you know? And then I was like, am I just old? Right. <laughs> you know? And, and what is that? What's the definition of being woke enough? Well, and you know, it was like, um, Who's the, who, there, who gets to judge that? Yeah. So there was a big boycott of the funny bone when they allowed right. Louis C.K.'s. And so there was a, a, you know, a show that went on where the comedian, local comedians were like, well, we're going to do this show on the same night and come out, support this instead of that, you know? And, it's that stuff is tough it's tough because that's that's our only club you know mm-hmm. he, and is that gonna, why you get yeah. go ahead, I can't dissuade anybody from going to Louis CK because his fans will always be his fans right yeah right. and and uh, yes you don't you you want to hold the clubs responsible for having a safe space right mm-hmm. but then it at the same time it's a business you yeah. know and they don't need me there's some very fine fine lines there are and when i first started comedy it was like just part of it it was like i'm gonna get harassed and whatever guy is running the show is gonna ask me to sleep with him and that's just part of it you know and sometimes it was like well, how good's the gig? You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, I know. I understand. And that's a shitty part of it. It is a shitty and part I'm of glad, it. And I'm glad that that part's corrected. Yes, it shouldn't be part of it. But like, for me, it was like, I just went, not not that I was sleeping with people, but I just went along with a certain amount of harassment because I was like, well, I'm trying to make it. Yeah. In that respect, I'm glad that's corrected. Because yes. that's really, that really, that's, that's one extra stumbling block that you should never have had to have dealt with. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I remember uh, <laughs> I was on a two night gig and the headliner got so drunk that I offered to drive him back to the hotel, uh, which was a big mistake. Big mistake. And uh, he, he I don't know how, I shouldn't get, I guess, trigger warning. Um, he tried to grope me in the car while I was driving him. And so I called the booker and the booker said, I can replace you if you want. I can replace you. Oh, he said fuck? he could replace me. He could replace you. That's bullshit. Wow. Yeah, but that. But I at the time I was like, no, no, it's fine. I'll I'll just do the next night because I didn't want to like lose the bookings. Lose the gig, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, I did not get uh, bookings from that booker again wow. for a while after that because I was difficult. That's crazy. How I was that? seen as being difficult. And how was the rest of the week? with said headliner it was yeah it was just one more night of shows and i just avoided him and i asked the booker to call him and tell him to leave me alone so <laughs> but that's why i was seen did he as have being... a recollection of the no he, night, he tried he i think he to... tried to apologize he wrote a bunch of notes and slid them under my hotel room door was... <laughs> yeah it was uh, uh it was uh, not uh. a fun weekend so but the... i didn't quit because i was like ah, it's just part of it Part and, of it. And now I'm like, hey, that doesn't have to be part of it. No, it doesn't. <laughs> you know? I mean, I don't recall I don't recall being harassed being by a comedy club. Not while you're female, driving down the road. No, yeah. no, <laughs> being harassed by female comedy club managers that, you know, if you want to work here, you're gonna have to sleep with me. That yeah, never we, happened. Yeah. yeah. No, we work with a bunch of female people in the broadcasting <laughs> industry and some of them are the same stories, you know, in this uber masculine world, especially on the rock station, some of the, the, yeah. the women. And they just say yeah, that's just what you deal with. And, right. And, and, and to, um, I guess what we're trying to get at is I think if that's what's changing is I think that's, that's a that's good a thing. Pun, no, but yeah. if you're, but if you're, if you're stifling the creativity, that's where... But what you're saying it's is going when, too far. when yeah. that pendulum started to swing too far and got away really from well, the, the yeah. focus of it. Because it became like, okay, well, then it's like... When it started to fray. Yeah, you're like, well, so obviously if 
that that guy who did that to me, it's like if I was a booker, I'd be like, well, I'm not going to book that guy anymore. But then it's hard to know where to draw that line because then it's like, well, it became this thing. It was like apologists was one of the categories of people that we were supposed to not work with, that people who defended right, other people right, 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 right. who were problematic and were still friends with them and still working with them. And so I was like, well, then how far does this go? Yeah. How deep? Yeah. And that's when I was kind of like, you know what? I just don't want to. And you I got out. I just show up and do my time like I used to when I was getting harassed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like I didn't want to have to be the person that decided who got stage time and who didn't. Well, and that's that's the point is who who decides it? Because right now it's just the people that talk the loudest. Right. But I know uh, right now to, to shift gears, this they're, on the sports thing, they're really talking. Yeah. They're making a big thing about Aaron Rodgers. Oh, he's the devil. He's the bad guy. But in the meantime, there was a, a football player who was. Uh, like wasted driving 150 miles an hour and killed somebody yeah. but he's like nobody's even talking about him right, anymore right. because Aaron Rodgers has a bad haircut and is uh, <laughs> is talking about COVID so yeah. it's just like who's, whose job is it to decide what we're allowed to who's get cancelled or not what we're allowed right. to do or not yeah it's and it's too it be, just became too much for me and that and it, it didn't even that was even just it wasn't even all of it there was a bunch of other stuff that happened that and then on top of everything, I would, I was, because I was booking four nights a week, I was gone from the house four nights a week. Mm. And um, my son at the time, you know, was not even two. And I would, if I got dressed up and put makeup on, he'd go, Mommy, go to work. Uh huh. Oh. And I was like, I don't want that. Yeah. I don't want to leave the house, leave my, not spend time with my son. To deal with the stress of who am I canceling? So the shutdown is almost a godsend in a way. Well, I so you spent a lot of time with your kid. I mean, oh yeah, crazy. Yeah. yeah, but you had I had found already, out before yeah. we shut down. Right. So yeah, whether the shutdown was, I mean, there's not a whole lot of very many positive things you can right. Yeah. yeah, the shutdown, but... Oh, I think there are that, people that, that got positive things that, out of it. That, yeah. that it coincided with your decision to... Yeah. To, that was a bad phrase. Of to, no, 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 It gave me... Positive. It gave me... It made me stay out of it because people were like, oh, you'll be back in a month. And I was like... A lot mm, of people said that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're going to miss it. You'll miss it. You'll be back. And I, I did wonder, I was like, is it going to be hard for me to see somebody else booking and running that room? Because mm-hmm. I feel like in a way I I made that room, you mm. know? I started working with Jimmy Mack on that room five years previous. And love Jimmy. I love Jimmy too. And he was Shout so- Shout out Jimmy Mack. Yeah. So Jimmy. He was so great because he trusted me and he knew that like he he would let me take chances on stuff. And if something didn't work, we were like, well, that didn't work, you know, and then we try something else. But we didn't really have anywhere to go but up at that time because the room was losing money. And and he was working with another comic and they were giving him a set payout and they weren't getting enough people in the seats to cover the payout. And I said, let me do a door deal. I said, I'll get butts in the seats and I make money based on the butts in the seats. And the payout was like 200 or something. But if I put more than, you know, a certain number of people in there, then I got more than 200. And so he was like, "Okay, we'll try it. And that's what we did from that point on. Um, 
And we started filling it up and expanding because we were just doing Tuesdays. And then we started doing Tuesdays and Wednesdays. They got hashtag comedy in there on Wednesday nights as like permanent residence on Wednesdays. And then we started doing some Thursday shows, some Friday shows. My trivia show, The Quiz Box, was once a month on on Fridays. I loved that show. And um, yeah, and so I, I, in a way, the room... The growth of the room, I, I, I felt a big part of that. Right. So it, it was going to be hard to see somebody else adopt my baby, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I am sad that it's not reopened yet, but I hope they, they do reopen it because it was a, a great stage. The main stage. stage is open again, The main right? stage is open main again. The main stage is yeah. open. Yeah, we, we, when we were doing our little offshoot, the premise, yeah. we had a blast doing it. And we would uh, love to yeah. go back fun. and do it again someday. So I'm hoping when they open that room up that we'll get a chance to do it again so when you left you left for a lot of reasons a lot of reasons some professional Mm -hmm. some personal and what were the personal ones Um, aside from family you said you mentioned your you mentioned your son some of it was also uh anxiety and depression as well i was getting a lot of anxiety of um it wasn't ever on stage. It was off stage. It was having to be myself to people who wanted to talk to me after mm. shows. And then I would just go home feeling this like panic. Why? You know? I don't know. I think when we were talking earlier about what is it that you love about stand-up, it's that like when I'm on, I don't have to worry as much about being me. I'm still me, but I'm like a character of me. Mm-hmm. Like much like comedy and exaggeration. Yeah. 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 Um, but then it was hard to come off stage and turn off. So it was either like still on and talking to people and then that would feel weird. Did it feel like a shield? Yeah. Like up on stage, there's this shield and yeah. you are being you. Granted, right. maybe an exaggerated version as far as the humor goes. But once you yeah. get off the stage, the shield is down. Right. And now you're that much more vulnerable yeah. to those people who were laughing at you and enjoying you. Now they're getting that much closer to you and it's a little different. There's no shield. Yeah. And it was like, I think, and I think because I'm so honest and personal on stage too, it's like people felt like they really knew me. Right. And I'm like, just because you know me doesn't mean I know you. You know, people would be very familiar with me. Mm -hmm. I remember one time standing at the front and I, Jimmy and I would do greetings as people came into the room and we were standing at the front and um, some people came in and they were like, how's the baby? He's just so cute. We love seeing his pictures, whatever. And they went to sit down, and he and Jimmy was like, "Who are those people?" And I was like, "I have no idea. Oh, no clue. No oh, shit. Don't yeah. know their names. Didn't recognize their faces. And that scared account. me. And that's yeah. when I was like, I got to stop posting pictures of my yeah, yeah. kid. You know? Okay. We get that yeah. a little bit at work. Yeah, we do. Yeah. We do. Yeah. It's uh, um, so anxiety. Yeah. Depression. Yeah. Have you always been uh, <clears throat> suffered with depression or yes. struggled with depression? Yeah, I um. I started therapy in 2008. I want to say 2008, and I've been going to therapy pretty consistently since then. Same therapist? Not anymore. Right. But I did. I did have one therapist that I well, and I say 2008. 2008 is when I met that therapist. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I did see him for a very long time. Okay. Yeah. Because uh, I, I too have have done therapy, and I've worn them out yeah that's why i asked same therapist like wow really yes cool. i d- yeah for, for a long time for quite a long time i see a different therapist now because um uh gabe and i see a therapist together 
and we see the same therapist separately as well. So we have um, a counselor who specializes in couples, and but then we also have individual sessions with that same therapist. So that now, that way, therapy is a part of our relationship as well, and it's made us absolutely stronger. That's that's pretty cool. It is cool, that's and it's cool. very cool that he's on board with that. Yeah. Now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So is he going to the therapy with you for the sake of the the relationship, or does he also? have his own personal did he go did he go to therapy alone not not before uh we started going to couples i think he had in the past you know because he's an artist he is yeah he's an amazing artist yes and he's not anti-therapy at all no but but you know so when we talk about artists and Mm -hmm. we and we go into that generic stereotype that artists have so Mm -hmm. much pain and and so much pathos and so much uh, angst that they're trying to go you're, you're, he's not your husband yet. We're going to yeah. get to that in a second. My fiance. Your fiance. Yeah. My Phil? lord. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, he, he's got his artistic streak. And I'm yeah. sure that there's there's a lot of emotion, yeah. be it pain, joy, whatever, that comes out in his work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think part of being an artist is working some of that out through your art. But I've, I've always advocated to stand-ups that the stage does not equal therapy. <laughs> It may feel like it, and it's. I've I'm heard not that saying that it. Stage of therapy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It can be in a certain way, but it doesn't replace actual therapy. No, it doesn't. But it is interesting how a lot of people like, oh man, you know, you go up there and you talk about your life, and you gotta, you get it all out. No, we don't get it all out. No. We probably get us this much. Yeah. Out. The we squeeze out the what we the think funny be the, yeah, the yeah, funny yeah, part, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. the feedback that you get is laughter, right? Whereas, like when you're with, talking to an actual therapist, they're like, "Well, here's something that you can do to actually improve that situation," right, right, right. instead of just laughing you at crack it, crack a joke, it a and day. they just yeah. stare at you. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> do you uh, do you experience uh, comedic highs? Yeah. And after the comedic highs, do you do you experience the low? Oh yeah. 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 That's mm, the. That's interesting. I've. I call it post-social anxiety because I don't get anxious in social situations. I get anxious after the social situation. I go home and I panic about everything that I said. So let's use this podcast as an example because this podcast is going wonderfully, amazingly well. Are you going to go home and obsess about what we discussed on this podcast? Yeah, be like, why did I tell them the color of my pee? <laughs> because I asked. We're going to be talking about that Because I asked, and you're open and you're honest. As soon as you leave, we'll be like, said, you And you said, us? do you want to know about the color of my pee? And we all unanimously yeah. said, yes, yes, we do. Yes, yes we also, do. I'm glad you, you clarified as a yellow highlighter because highlighters yellow come highlighter. in all yes, shapes yes, and colors. Yeah, pink like highlighter, blue. green Mom. highlighter. <laughs> you made it very vivid. Yeah. <laughs> yellow highlighter. It is very vivid. Yellow highlighter is a great image. You, you She's got a black a light in the picture. toilet. Um, probably <laughs> not as much. I'm sure I will, but not as much because I've been doing work on it. And also because we're, I mean, we're talking about that. Right. I think I did after the last one. And I did a, with a lot of the virtual shows. Mm. I think, but also just the isolation amplified that. It was great at first because I was like, now I don't have to be in social situations. Right. I don't have to see people. Right. But then when I would go back into social situations, it was like, oh, I'm out of practice. You no, know? we've talked about the the podcast high or, you know, I mean, I get to oh, yeah. a bigger extent, the, mm-hmm. the, 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 sh- the stand-up show. 
But that that's where I get in trouble because you know me, I'll go home and I'll I'll be wound up and I'll just still keep drinking. And it'll be two right. o'clock yeah. in the morning. Yeah. I'm like, oh fuck, I gotta yeah. go to work in an hour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, you, you go home at the podcast. You can, I, I, when I when we're done here, I'm done. I don't drink anymore after. But I'm like hyped up. I'm still hyped up, but I find other things to do. And what's interesting is like no matter like I'll use today as a perfect example. Uh, not a great day for yeah. me. Uh, it was a, what I call the, the struggle bus. It was a struggle bus day today. But as soon as we, as soon as you walked up, <laughs> sat down and, you know, we had our pleasantries and our exchanges and we started this podcast. I know right now I'm in that good, that good space. Yeah. And I'm also very much aware of the fact that once you leave and once these two yahoos go home, that it's going to sink in and I'm going to, I'm going to be in a now what Yeah. Mm-hmm. frame of yeah. mind Yeah. for a little bit. And eventually I'll go to sleep because I got to get up at four o'clock in the morning and go to work. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I, I will, I will be in that spot and it's, it's interesting. It's, it's like you do feel a little lost. Yeah. Like, where do I go? What do I do? And I still haven't been able to figure out what that next step is or what that transition might be. Have you? I mean, let's 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 share therapy notes. Yeah, I mean, I use a mindfulness techniques is one of the things that I learned early on. So share. Um, Do you have an app? Well, I think there is a. Yeah. So I did a therapy called DBT, which is which is dialectical behavioral therapy, and say, say or that again. Say that. dialectical behavioral. I think the T is therapy or it's treatment. I can't remember. Yeah. It's terrible. I should know what it stands for. But DBT, um, and it's designed for people. Uh, mostly for people with borderline personality disorder. But I truly believe it should be taught in schools because they just teach you skill sets. And there's four different modules of it. There's mindfulness, interpersonal effectiveness, distress tolerance, and emotion regulation. And so like emotion regulation is like what you use when you're... um, uh, just as an example, mad about something you don't need to be that mad about. It's right. like, okay, how do I regulate my emotions? Distress tolerance is when you're like, okay, I, um, I'm sad because uh, my dad had a stroke. It's like, okay, that's the f- sadness fits the facts, as they right. say. So I'm, I'm sad for a, a it's legitimized, right? Yeah, for a real reason here, and so now I have to tolerate the distress, right? Gotcha. So, so those two things, it's kind of first you got to figure out, does it fit the facts? And then you use those skills to manage either manage and change your emotions or tolerate the emotions that you're feeling that fit the facts. Interpersonal effectiveness absolutely should be taught in schools. It's like it gives you tools for communicating with people that most people just don't have, you know. Um, and it breaks it down so academically because it's like every conversation, it's like you first identify like what your objective is. And they say there's there's three things in every interpersonal uh, conversation. So if I'm talking to you, um, there is. Yeah, you are. Yeah. So I'm, I'm talking. Mm-hmm. Sam, I'm talking Good, to you, right Dino. There's um, there's our relationship. Mm-hmm. There's my self-respect. Right. And there's whatever it is we're talking about. So say I want you to do something. I'm asking you to, I don't know, loan me money. That <laughs> wouldn't be unusual. I, 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 yeah. So like easy, easy <laughs> like, enough, right? You know, <laughs> but like you have to, <laughs> when, so when you're like, if you're in those conversations, you say, okay, so what's most important to me? Is it having my objective met? 
Is it maintaining our relationship or is it maintaining my self-respect? Wow. So that played in a lot when I was dealing with all the stuff in comedy because if it was like, okay, um, like when I wanted to step away from working it up front and I had to talk to my boss about leaving, it's like, okay, so what's important here? Maintaining the relationship with my boss? Well, not yes and no. I don't want to burn a bridge, but it's more important that my objective is met that I no longer work here. Right. Gotcha. But I also want to maintain my self-respect. I'm not going to go in there and be like, this place, you know, like, <laughs> and just leave. So I don't know how much I can cuss on this podcast. You can cuss all you want. want. Yeah, yeah. No, no, say, fuck <laughs> you, I'm out of here. Like, I'm not going to do that because that that goes against my self-respect. It also doesn't maintain the relationship, but it would meet my objective pretty quickly. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. so it's it's about balancing those three things and, and what's important. You know, like, if somebody's got a gun to your head and your objective is to live, your self-respect might go right out the window. It might. Yeah, where you're like, I don't care. I'll do whatever if you won't kill me. Right. You know, but in other situations, you're like, no, I want to maintain my self-respect and that's more important than meeting my objective. And, and it, isn't it interesting, and, and that's a that's a brash example, but, and and, and I'm using it as, as an example only, but yeah, gun to your head and you want to live. Okay, I'll yeah. do whatever you tell me. But there's, isn't it interesting that there's been a point in your life where you're like, Go ahead, pull the fucking trigger. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's certain do things it. that you're like, do it. Yeah, so certain things that you might not sacrifice in those moments. I don't, I don't really know. I mean, if it was, I mean, I've been there. Or like, you know what? Yeah, pull, pull, <laughs> do it. Yeah. And like, well, are you crazy? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I am. Fuck a little. Spent a lot of money <laughs> on being crazy. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a little fucking crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I'm like, I'm not saying calling the bluff, but. But, yeah. but I'm saying it's interesting that up here and in here that we can get to those two different places. So that I find that very interesting to say, you know, you want to maintain your self-respect or right. do you want to, you know, using the, again, using the harsh example, do you want to live? But that's, yeah. and that's, if, well, that's and there fascinating. there are certain people that would say, you know, no, I'd rather, I'd, I'd rather die with honor, you know, right. that kind of thing. Yeah, uh, die with honor, or you know, I'm too chicken to do it myself. So, (laughs) yeah, yeah. I don't know if I mean I'm not. It's interesting how having a a child has really made my existence feel much more important than it did before. You know, yeah. yeah. Now I'm so much more scared of something bad happening to me because I'm like, oh, what would happen to him? You know. That's not a bad thing. No, it's good. No, if that makes you a little more self-protective for the right yeah. reasons, you know that's that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. trust me, I I want to live as long as I possibly can live because my daughter, who's mm-hmm. I, I don't know how old you are. I'm 37. You're 37. Danielle's 39. Yeah. Okay, you know I I don't want to go anywhere. I want I want to constantly have an eye. Yeah. On her and and protect and be protective. I'm still protective. She was here with me for a year during the pandemic. She moved back from New York and was in this house for a year. It's the first year that we'd spent together, together, you know, in 20 years. Yeah. It it, it completely changed my daily dynamic. But wow. Yeah. When she went back to New York and I walked into this house and it was empty. I mean, I mean, you know, really empty. Like she's not coming in. There's not going to be a sandwich that she made me in the refrigerator. It, it, it was, it was a little heartbreaking. Yeah. You know. So I, I get what you're saying about that. Yeah. 
Well, it also made me realize that my existence did matter before him, you know, because now that I know how much he means to me, it it allows me to see how much I mean to my own mother and my own father. You know what I mean? That was that that didn't really click before I had him. Not that it can't for people, but right. it didn't for me in the same way. Are you in a better place now? I mean, if when you look at your life and where you've been and where you still want to go, you know, if you were grading on a on a curve, <laughs> grading on, a curve. on a curve, you know, 10 being the best, where would you think you are right now in life? Oh, gosh, I don't know. It's so hard to to say that because like because it involves having a little bit of self-esteem yeah, and being well, thinking positive about yourself and, and there were times when i was younger and i felt invincible that i was right. like my life's great you know i can do whatever i want and i don't have that same i can do I, whatever i want i always used to say you know I, I i strive for perfection but hope to never achieve it because if i achieve it then what else do i have to strive for you know so mm. that was always my goal and there have been times in my life where i've been a Fucking solid nine, yeah. a really good eight. I'll be honest right now. I think I'm at a. I'm at, think I'm at a, a six. <laughs> a six. It's a six. I'm a, I'm a good bad. solid six. Yeah, Seven I'm back a little better than yeah. five hundred. But you know, it's more uh, than half full. Yeah, you know, a, a six. Yeah. There are moments where it rises up to seven. You know, tonight, right now, right now, I'm cruising with an eight, eight and a half. I yeah. feel great. There you go. But as soon as you guys are gone, it's going to go back down to a six. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I think that's that's true for me, too, is that changes from day to day and from moment to moment, you know? But are you, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is when we when we talk about depression and, and, mm-hmm. and, and mental illness and, and situations and things that we've we struggled with all our lives, do you think you're in a better place right now? than you were say five or 10 years ago. Ooh, that's tough. Cause the, the, even the therapy ebbs and flows, you know? Um, I think that I was in a really solid place before I had my son and having my son opened up a whole lot of other things that I needed to address in therapy. And my fear level has just gone through the roof. Interesting. Um, so while I, you yeah. have this gift of a child. Yeah, right. But I'm so scared of something happening to me or happening to him or happening to Gabe. And I'm, I think I'm. Did it, sur- did it supplant other things? Did it, did it like, you know, now this is because of this. Now I don't worry so much about that. Yeah, I don't worry so much about my my Oscar acceptance speech. You know, I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I but I I worry about you know him just everything. I worry about him all the time. Yeah, that's part about being a parent, though. <laughs> yeah. As soon as something is more important than yourself, you're always worried about that. When right. my son was first born, I said, you know, if you both are floating in a river. I'm grabbing him and you're going to die. <laughs> Just, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so. we, like, Gabe and I, when he was first born, I was like, just so you know, like, I, I love you, but I love him more. And right. he was like, oh, yeah, we're on the same page. <laughs> we're like, same yeah, page. we're on the same page. Yeah, I'm going to drown too, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. He, um, I, but I, I worry all the time about 
you know, stuff happening to him, I think to the point where maybe I'm being a little bit overprotective as a parent. Okay. So I'm trying to work on that in therapy My as mother well, is 85 go. years old. Yeah. She's still overprotective. Yeah. Look at me. We're growing beards and mustaches for November, right? We're mm-hmm. little mustaches. I got to shave the beard. And I know that it's at my age, when I go to see my mother for Thanksgiving, I'm going to have to shave. She's going yeah. to make she's going to make me shave and I'm going to do it. Oh. You know, because Why did she make you shave? She likes her boy to be clean shaven. Oh, I see. Okay. See, that's my that's my point. But I think that's a preference. That's not necessarily overprotective. So well, like no, over, no yeah. but then she'll that okay, she yeah. that's her way in. That's mm-hmm. that's her in. Oh, trust me. Uh, I've been working with the crazy lady for a lot of years. <laughs> yeah. And there's a lot of things that the crazy lady has made me crazy over as well. My my point being is that I think it's awesome that you have that love and that passion for your child. He's so lucky in that respect. But yeah, it comes with a price. Yeah. Because, like, you know, I took him to a birthday party and there was a bounce house. And I was like, the bounce house doesn't look safe. <laughs> yeah. That can't be safe. Right. You know, he's going to break his neck in there. And then I imagine all of the terrible things that can happen yeah. in the bounce house, including the a gust of wind taking mm-hmm. it away with all the children inside, which is a real thing that That's happens. Happening. It can happen. It's a real yeah. thing that yeah. happens. You can look it up on the Internet, but I don't recommend it. I got a couple yeah. things I want to ask you before, <laughs> we, we, before we wrap up. Before we wrap up. And uh, one is professional. Mm-hmm. And and maybe it winds up being personal, and one is personal. Okay, so the first one: what made you go back to hey. doing what you do, to the stand up, to the performing? When did when when did that window open again where you said, "Okay, let's do this"? Uh, I missed it, and I didn't feel like I had a a creative outlet. And do you need one? I do need one. I'm realizing that I do need one. And um, not to say that I couldn't pick a different one, but I wasn't taking or making the time to pick a different one. (laughs) To paint. Yeah. And so when I saw people going back to doing stand-up when the clubs reopened, I mean, I guess the clubs never really closed. (laughs) I mean, they did for a short period of time. But when once I was vaccinated and I, it was going to see Jason Banks at the Funny Bone. and he was he is a person that's absolutely thrived during the oh, shutdown yeah. and just like everything that he did i'm just it's just so wonderful to see yeah. happen to couldn't happen to a better person you guys are great people but jason's better than all of us uh, right, I mean, right. he's just such a good guy he's good he's amazing <laughs> yeah. we had a, we did a two-parter with him here he's, on Whis- whiskey business he's wonderful if you get tiktok famous we'll do a two-parter with yeah. you yeah. Yeah. okay just, just graduate just, to two yeah, parts yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. but i saw him and uh, Bobby Dodds hosted, and I love Bobby, and Kenny Mock uh, middled. And Kenny, seeing Kenny is is one of those people for me that, like, when I see him, it automatically makes me feel happy. Like, and we, we only just recently realized that we started at the same time. Kenny's coming on the podcast, too. I love Kenny. And I remember, like, when I first started, he was in the contest that I was in. I kept thinking, I was like, that guy's so funny. And it was just like, every time I would see him, um, throughout the years and it wasn't often but when I did I was it just felt like something about it felt like going home you uh-huh. know and so when I was at the funny bone and Kenny was there and after the show Bobby was like when are you coming back and Kenny was like when are you coming back and they were all like when are you coming back and I thought maybe I will come back you know I just fed I felt that energy that night and it was like it fed me to the point where I was like okay 
I'm back. You remember yeah. what a nervous wreck I was at, at yeah. last year or standing. Yeah. That's the first time I've been on stage in almost two years. It's freaking me out. You were so great that nobody would have ever known. I, but I was freaking out. Were you freaking <laughs> out the first time you went back on stage? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it was uh, Amber Falter runs a room here in Columbus uh, at the she runs a she and Dan Seabree run a night um, at Rambling House on Tuesday nights. Shout out Rambling House. Shout out Dan and Amber. Uh, Freaks with Beaks is what it's called. And she uh, had me headlining. And I was like, I haven't been back on stage. And she's like, I know. I was like, so I'm just going to dive in head first. Go, go the deep end. And, uh, oh, I was a nervous wreck before it. And how'd you feel after? Great. Wonderful, right? Yeah. I had yeah. a good, I had a good set. I, you know, it wasn't a perfect set, but it was a good set. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to go back into those. I mean, I, I did. I, I felt good. But now I'm stressing out all over again because we right. have the great debate yeah. coming up, which is a comedy show. Uh, it will be... Actually, your podcast will will drop before the great debate. So, oh, okay, yeah. it's yeah. the week of Ohio State, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm back on here. Team OSU. Yeah, wow. you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you are. Good to have you back. You're yeah. the host, right, Dino? You I'm gonna host? I'm gonna host, but I'm a nervous wreck about hosting it oh, again. Man. Yeah, you'll be great. Yeah, because it it goes back to that. Oh man, what am I gonna bring new to the table? And it's been a year off, and yeah, I have this. I, this we do on a regular basis. It's in my it's in my blood. It's in I got I got some rhythm to it. Yeah. Going back to radio was scary. You know, yeah. in, in the last three months, I was a, a nervous wreck about that, and I still I've been carrying along. Yeah, uh, thank pretty, God pretty well. Thank God. Thank God. You tell me something. Picking up the slack, but that was nerve wracking <laughs> to go back and you know back into. And yeah. So are there some people? There are some people going aha. I knew you'd be back. You know, the people that said yeah. that you'll be back in a month, you'll be back in two weeks, you'll be back in a month, you'll be back in three months, and now you're back, and they're going, aha, I knew it, called no, I it, mean, high five, she's back, <laughs> boom, yeah. I don't think I'm experiencing that that much because I'm not uh, I'm not booking anymore. Okay. You're not and seeing I, that crew. No, I don't have I don't have a room anymore. Right. right. So, and I, I recently stepped down from producing the Seabus Comedy Fest, um, and it has nothing to do with the the people I was working with. It's just I, my heart wasn't in it. And I was like, I want to, I do want to go back and do stand-up, but I don't want to be in charge. That's like, okay. That was the stuff that I left that I don't want to go back to. That's okay. Stress to that. Stress to right. the Yeah. 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 No, yeah. I get it. My other question is for okay. you. Um, you swore you weren't going to get married. Yeah. <laughs> and now, and you talk about it in your stand up. Uh huh. You talk about your stand up in a magnificent way. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, come what, next February? February, yeah. February 5th is the, the actual Let's wedding day. Show, show, show the camera there. You're, put it right up to the camera so we can all uh, I have it. another Girl. ring on top of it because I lost so much weight that it doesn't fit anymore. So this oh. one is actually keeping it on. Keeping it safe, keeping yeah. it protected. Some people see the other ring and like, did you get married already? No, that's no. just holding it on yeah, my yeah. finger. So you got your baby daddy, and that's the mm-hmm. way things have been. You guys obviously share a home together. And, yeah. And now you've decided to. Well, so here's how it went is that he told me he never wanted to get married again. He said it. Yeah, because he's been married twice. Okay. And he said, I don't okay. want to. Yeah, he said, I don't <laughs> want to get married again. And But he did want to have a family. And I was like, at first, it was hard for me to accept not getting married. But I got over that because I. I also wanted to have a family and it stopped being important to me and I became like very anti-wedding 
And uh, now I kind of feel like a hypocrite because now I'm a bride and I'm, you know, picking out cakes and That's stuff okay. like that, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, because there's a lot of like really weird traditions that we keep in marriage and weddings that I don't understand why we still do that. Oh, you don't have to. Yeah. You can make your own way. The gr- yeah. Do you know that the groom stands on the left because uh, so that 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 started so that he could have his fighting arm free in case oh. another suitor tried to steal mm. his bride away. Oh, you I might was, need that though. Yeah. I mean, don't, so that don't throw that, that, that uh, tradition out. That's where the door was at. The bridesmaids all dressed the same because they all used to dress the same as the bride Just in case. to confuse any evil spirits who might try to place oh, a hex on the bride. Wow. So, so, These are all things I learned on the quiz box. Wow. Sorry. <laughs> but it made me realize like how much we do that is ridiculous and stupid and expensive for no reason. So I was very anti-wedding so, and now I'm having one. <laughs> but now you're having one. But are you going to have a traditional wedding? Or no. are you going to you're just going to go. She's doing it at the gonna, shadow box. You're going to go your own way. We're getting married at a bowling alley. Nice. Yeah. All right. Already yeah. in there. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, Lebowski night is it league night yeah <laughs> who's gonna be there well we wanted to get married on Groundhog Day because that's what we celebrate as our and our as our dating anniversary because we started dating sometime around Groundhog Day it's that's always cool. always been my favorite holiday because it's ridiculous does um, in the best does, movie does Fig uh, know that mommy and daddy aren't married I don't think he really understands it we tried to explain to him that we're having a wedding and he said. Um, he said, well, who do I get to marry? Yeah. Oh, and he said, nice. and I said, well, who would you want to marry? And he said, well, I want to marry you. And yeah, I said, mom, well, yeah. he actually wanted to marry dad. Uh, well, okay. so, which yeah. is fine. I know no he's, <laughs> I know, th- I know they're closer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're very close, but yeah. Oh, uh, what? Hey. Yeah. And then when I said, well, you can't marry mommy or, or papa, he said, well, then I want to marry Tristan, who's his cousin. And was really like, well, you can't marry well, your yeah, cousin. That's, well, you know, we'll talk later. We'll yeah, talk like, later. I'll explain why. We, let's, let's just table this. Um, yeah. Mothers wind up being much closer to their <laughs> sons, fathers to their daughters. Are you going to have any more children? I don't that, know yet. Have you thought about that? Uh, I, I, probably not. Um, it's okay. But as soon as we get rid of all of the baby stuff, I'm sure I'll get pregnant. Yeah. yeah. Um. But I, it's not currently in the in the, in plan. the plan. Yeah. Uh. You know, I'm on the older side for well, for getting not. pregnant. Not, not, not that, yeah. Gabe's 43, so <laughs> I don't. You know. It's not old. Yeah. He's not old. Huh? I'm just He's grandpa over there. Yeah. Hey. You know what? <laughs> Not you. Uh, I'm talking about when the kid gets older. Oh yeah, oh, I'm just age. already tired, so yeah. I just you know. I get it. I don't want to chasing a ten year old when I'm forty. <laughs> you say Gabe's forty three. People ask me you know, everything about having more kids. I go, are you kidding me? Sixty <laughs> two. Have more children than sixty. What am I, Anthony me. Quinn? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. We 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 might. We're, we're we still got all the baby stuff in the basement. So right. that. Oh yeah, get rid of it, and then you'll get knocked up. Yeah, it'll yeah. be nice. Yeah, the Hansberry method. Right. <laughs> well, no. he's Catholic. No, no, so. no, no. no. We, we, we pooped out two, and then we decided we always wanted three. Then we pooped out two, like, and it was kind of the same thing. We're like, no, fuck no. What are we doing? Think of three, two, yeah. two, two. And we good. stopped. Yeah. One's yeah. good too. I have one. Yeah. yeah. And you got one. Gabe was an only child, so yeah. we grew you got up siblings? an only child. I do. I have a sister, but we're we're. 
twins the hard way. Um, my my mom immediately Irish got twins. immediately got pregnant again. Is that what they call? Yeah, them? I think they're called Irish twins. Yeah. Right. We're sixteen months apart. Right. So uh, yeah. well, whatever. Not close immediate, enough. but yeah, I'm pretty a close. Child myself. Yeah. That, that explains, explains it. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were gonna say that. Uh, <laughs> explains a lot. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Well, I want to first say thank you because we're wrapping up. Um, this has been amazing. This has been amazing for me. Thank you. Was it good for yes. you? Yes. Was it good for you? It was. was. Good for you? <laughs> so I've had better. <laughs> oh. I've had better podcasts. <laughs> I mean, I, I I don't know if any of the other podcasts people have been on or listening, but no, I don't think I have. I mean, mm-hmm. I hosted my own podcast, but that's different. And you never colored, talked about the color of your urine. Yeah. No. On any other podcast. No. I'm leading. That's going to be the, that'll be oh, that'll, with that. be Trust the... me. Yeah. We dig deep. We go deep. We go, we go into the, <laughs> the color of urine. That's the whiskey shot, I think. That is the whiskey shot. Urine. That's the one. <laughs> That's the one. Sorry. <coughs> All the hard work you've been doing for 37 years, and also, we're gonna, it's going to boil down to a one-minute clip of your you urine. Here's something you can also... Uh, this is the one of the few podcasts that I've gone all the way through without smoking a cigarette. Oh. Thank you. That's right. Yeah, you don't have really to shower tonight. I'm trying really hard not to smoke during the podcast, but when I talk, yeah. I like, you know, and especially when the conversation gets deep, it's like, oh, man, this would be a great yeah. time to light a cigarette. I really yeah, right? smoke yeah. a cigarette. But, uh, <laughs> I saw you pick up the lighter I, I did, I did. I did. The matches. Yeah, I was going to, yeah. but uh, yeah. yeah, so kudos to you. Well, thank you. He's going to start vaping. You're welcome. <laughs> I... Yeah. I probably shouldn't tell you it wouldn't have bothered me, but uh, no, no, it would have I, really bothered me. It bothers everybody. You shouldn't do it. I'm going to light up here in a minute, but uh, no, no, it was good. It's good because you know, I was trying to be, I'm trying to be more respectful of the people that surround me yeah. uh, and I should quit. I should quit. Yeah. But there's so many other things I need to quit for. Right? That's how I feel about a lot right? of things. Too. It's like this one goes down a little bit lower on the list. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like I thank you, thank you. This has been if if I didn't feel closer to you just by knowing you after this now. I'm I'm part of this family. This family. There's the bond. <laughs> uncle John. <laughs> the creepy Uncle John. <laughs> Can I borrow some money? <laughs> uh, give us the websites where and yeah. how people can find, find you, you or oh, see gosh. you or do whatever. If there is if yeah. something like that even exists. Um, I, I, I think I, I let my website lapse on GoDaddy or whatever. I don't think it's up. But uh, you can find me on Facebook and on Instagram at Nikki Wink. N-I-C-K-E-Y. I like the mouse, but with an N-W-I-N-K. We're going to take some pictures before we leave. Mm-hmm. And we're going to, as uh, now as the vain performers that we are, we're going to push the shit out of this one. Because mm-hmm. I think there was some really, not so much yeah. because it was, it was a good podcast, but I think there's a lot of, I think there was a lot of stuff in this one that that people can relate to. Nice. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I think it's, in, and the fact that you can share it and open up uh, is 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 pretty damn pretty damn cool and Thank powerful you. in its own right. You feel Thank good you. about everything? I do. You don't know no podcast remorse. We call it podcast. Whenever we record, as opposed to going live, we always say, "Do you have any podcast remorse?" No, I, I did on the premise uh, a couple of times, especially when I lost. What but, are you uh, talking? About? <laughs> <laughs> That's already out there. On the I want to cut something out, <laughs> but not this time. No. And the urine thing staying because it was wo- woven yeah, throughout yeah, the yeah, whole yeah, podcast. So it's gonna be hard to. So edit I'm really out. not that embarrassed about okay, it, honestly. Right, right. It's just Good. me. 
<laughs> it's just P. Maybe that's what we should call the title. It's just P. It's a Nicky Winkleman. It's just, it's just P. P. It's just P. Well, no, no. What was the? I don't even know. What My vagina's a bounce house. Yeah, that's right. Oh, that Remember was, that, uh-huh. was that, that, that was Sarah. Yeah, Sarah. Uh-huh. That, that, that was the title of her podcast. Oh my gosh, she's so funny. Yeah. She's still in nursing school, right? She yeah. Still doing that? yeah. 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 Her, she had she had she did a great job on the on the podcast, but it was so that's the title of the podcast. That's what we did. I think her quote was, uh, "My vagina is not a bounce house." Right? Yeah, but, man. Whatever. It worked out that way. Though. Either way, so uh, uh, you want me to hit some of this business I real hit quick. Some of the business. If you're listening on your favorite podcasting app, thanks. And, oh, you know uh, what? Subscribe. We need also we need Evergreen. Don't oh, forget Evergreen. All right, hold on. We'll, oh God, you got to probably right. cut that in the beginning, right, huh? Dad. Um. <laughs> Whiskey Business is on YouTube. Whiskey Business with Dino Tripodis. Uh, we're thanks for subscribing on your favorite podcasting app. Make sure you subscribe and share with your friends. The uh, uh, what do they call it? Grassroots effort yeah. is uh, is always we need more helpful. numbers, guys. Yeah, build those numbers up. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and yes, thanks to our uh, our podcasting network, uh, Evergreen. Evergreen Podcast Network, where you can find Whiskey Business. And uh, so much more. Ohio v. The World. Yep. Um, what's uh, our... Oh, shit. I just drew a blank. Our buddy, uh, the, uh, the sports... Todd Jones. Yeah, Todd, Todd Jones. Jones yeah. Todd Jones. Todd Jones. Uh, the uh, early All Access. All Access, yeah. He does, Is that what it's called? He does sorry, things, sorry yeah. Todd. But he's on an Evergreen... Where well, a lot of us are on the Evergreen Podcast Network, and they, they're they constantly growing and, and building uh, their repertoire and... A to Z. They got a new true crime podcast mm-hmm. that just came out. That's... And a Bruce Springsteen podcast. Yeah. I know, yeah, you're the a big boss. boss. We're the same family the as Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> but uh, many bad. thanks to Evergreen for uh, <laughs> keeping us in in their mix as well. <laughs> I didn't have as much whiskey. Yeah, you know you did. <laughs> Down to 66. <laughs> <laughs> the whistle pig. Uh, He's a land too. Rye whiskey. <laughs> Only 86 proof, but apparently enough. Uh, it was our guest bottle this evening. It's, it's the comedy uh, heroine. I'm uh, actually, I got to be honest with you. When I, I tried this neat before the podcast. I enjoyed it more with neat, the ice. Oh, really? Uh, okay. More neat than I did. Uh, the ice actually, like ice does with with whiskeys, it, it it opened up a little too much for me. It opened Fair up enough. too many of the flavors. Watered it down, maybe a bit. And it did water right. it down, but it opened up more of those things that uh, that that I, when I would drink it neat, it was just enough of this, just enough of that. Okay. It was almost too much. Fair enough. But you know, I still enjoyed it. Still good. It's still very, good. Yeah. Still very sweet. It's very flavorful. Um, I wouldn't call this an everyday whiskey, but it's definitely something that you would I would try. Uh, especially if you're of you like the funky right. rice, yeah. right, right, right. It's definitely that. Um, our guest has been the wonderfully talented, amazing, openly honest Nikki Winkleman. Yay! Best of luck with everything. Thank you, Dina. Um, I, I'm gonna try to it if there's if there's people coming, I'd like to come to the wedding in February. 
Oh, like, that's you, a heavy you hint. You want to bowl with us? I yeah. want to bowl with you. I want to I can help you as plus one. I want to you know, you come. 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 I want to see my faux daughter, you know, tie the knot, if, that, if that's possible. Well, if can, I, I can, can DJ and he can MC and John can do photos. Yeah. You just do live podcasts yeah, and people cool. dance to that. We could do instead. that. We could do it with some business podcasts at your wedding. I don't, I don't shoot do, weddings, I mean, but I'll do yours. If you want to go funky and crazy and weird, but... Continued success with everything. I'm going to Thank be you. seeing you in the weeks and months to come as far as performing and whatnot. But uh, thank you for being my friend and thank you for doing this podcast. Thank it, you for having me. It was really, me. really a special one for me. I'm really, really happy about it. I, I mean that in, in a lot of ways. <laughs> you know I do. Uh, I also want to thank, of course, on the video side, John Whitney. Weird Uncle Johnny, as yeah. far as this family affair goes. I don't want that one to stick. No, no, it won't yeah, stick. No, no. It won't okay. stick. Just just John Whitney, uh, amazing, <laughs> amazing producer. And so That's all ways. I need is creepy or weird. And no, man. It was only it was in comedy context. Yeah, so I understand. Everybody will believe it to be so. Uh, Greg Hansberry on the audio side. Yep. yep. Um, check us out everywhere you get your podcasts. If you like this one, go back and check out our other ones. My name is Dino Tripodis. And until... The next bottle. See ya. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words, a podcast that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation. As a country, we need these stories more than ever. Stories from Americans who have borne the battle, including 30-year-old remastered interviews with veterans from World War I recounting their time in the trenches of Europe, and with veterans from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and from our most recent conflicts in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other battlefields Americans may never have heard of. Hear their stories by listening to Warriors in Their Own Words wherever you find podcasts.